And this is the Universal News Report, where we show real news, not fake news, but real news. True knowledge, true knowledge, talk show, talk show, podcast, the U, the U, the U, for you, for you, and only you, and only you, so that, so that you acquire, acquire knowledge of yourself, to accept you, 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 no matter, no matter what disability, you may think you had, you had, you had, make your, make your disability, Turn that into your strongest Whether it be whether it be your sight, your sight, your sight, your hearing, your hearing, your hearing, your speech, 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 speech. You may be crippled, be crippled, be crippled. But turn, turn, turn your weakness, your weakness into your strength. We know and we understand Almighty God is a living man Almighty God is a living man Almighty God is a living man And we don't have the answers because to our scientific model when people have died there should be no more conscious awareness going on uh, but it sounds like maybe consciousness is able to continue and by that I don't mean that they're awake but that entity that makes us who we are, makes Sam who he is, makes Rena who she is, the self, the mind, seems to continue and doesn't become annihilated after a person has gone through their process of death. Good evening, everyone. Today, I'm relying on scripture and scientific research conducted by NYC Langone for supporting me when I state that man is God. The devil is a lie, and a lie doesn't exist. A lie is an illusion. A lie will cause conflict and war in recessive realities. What's up? Hey, yo. But give me my phone. Have you please there ASAP? Yes. My dad won't talk to you. He won't give me my phone. You see it? My dad won't talk to you. Yo, give me my phone. My dad won't talk to you. You're already calling the police. That's it. He needs to go. He won't give me my phone. Your son broke my teeth. No, I didn't. He busted. You busted my teeth. He assaulted me. He. Your son is crazy. He's still sitting up there. I can't see. He's, he's sitting up there bringing people around in my room. Get out! My phone. You don't need me in here. Why did I stop? Hey, go get your son. Hey, go. Now, hey, go come on, they, they're already calling the police. Ain't no stopping it. What's that? What's that, Mace? People are ignorant, idiotic, and extreme liars and deceivers. As John 8.44 states, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. First of all, people who follow the Bible, so-called, will sit and refer to God as he. He assigns the male gender to God. Second of all, they will sit there, read the book of Revelations, and acknowledge that God had woolly hair and feet the color of bronze, 
Woolly hair and bronze-colored feet depicts the male guard as a black man. After all of this, they turn and argue that God is a spirit, not a man, and that man is flesh whom God lives in. Then they'll say that Jesus, who is a physical man, is Lord. By the way, in a religious context, Lord is a title that is used for different gods and deities. Lord often refers to the Almighty or the Creator of the universe. Third of all, they will say that we are all children of God, but not once will they acknowledge nor admit that man is God. If you tell them that men are gods, and that together all men outside of the fleshly tent and temple make up one God, they would argue with you and tell you that you're crazy and that they know the Lord Jesus and the Bible. Then they'll say, get behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> These people are both ignorant and idiotic with ears and eyes, but they just can't see no hair. Let me break this shit down real quick. A person is not the body. The body is just a vehicle. The person is the spirit that lives inside of the body. If a person was really the body and not the spirit, mind, or self that lives in and moves the body, no one would attend funerals and say he or she is gone while they look on at the corpse laying in the damn casket. <coughs> Second Corinthians 5.1 states, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself. Scripture clearly states that a man is the intelligent spirit that is housed in the body, and that men are gods, with the little g, and children of God, with the big g, means all of us together. In John 10, 30-34, it says, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones. They picked up stones to stone. But Jesus said to them, um, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? That's what the Jews said to him. We are not stoning you for any good work, but for blasphemy. Because you being a man, man, you claim to be God. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I have said you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture just cannot be set aside. Well, what about the one whom the father set apart as his very own and sent him into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said, I am God's son. Jesus acknowledges men as gods and himself as a son of God, which makes him a God. As Jesus states in John, and as it is stated in 2 Corinthians, men are gods and a man's body is his tent, the tent of God. You claim to know and believe Jesus, then you turn and count yourselves as powerless putting your faith in a mystery God, praying to a mystery God. Men are gods with the ability to heal self. What did Jesus say to the two blind men? In Matthew 9, 27 and 30, this is the conversation between Jesus and the blind men.
As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him indoors, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this for you? You know what the blind men said? Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. You people do not know Jesus, God, Scripture, nor yourselves. If you cannot see that man is God and God is man, and if you say that I am crazy or wrong, when Scripture says that men are gods and God, and there is no such thing as right, wrong, bad, or unclean, Romans 14, 14 says, I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person, it is unclean. But if someone believes it, it is wrong, then for that person, it's wrong. Simple. Acts 28, 17 to 28. Paul tried to open the eyes of eyes of the blind Jews who all declared him Jesus and those who followed Jesus a sect just as I'm trying to wake you all up and the Jews responded to him as you all respond to me Acts 28 17 to 28 says three days later he called together the local Jewish leaders when they had assembled Paul said to them my brothers although I've done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans they examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death the Jews objected so I was compelled to make an appeal to see them I certainly did not intend to bring any charges against my own people for this reason I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, We have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of our people who have come from there has reported or said anything about you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning to evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets. He tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe it. They disagreed amongst themselves and be, and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said, through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, that's what he told me to go to the people and say, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. Right? 
and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I will heal them. That's what was said. Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. Let this be known. A lot of you walking around out there talking about the Bible been tampered with. The Bible have not been tampered with. There's truth in it, but you can't see it because your reality and your mind has been tampered with. You are a perfect example of one of Yaku's grafted devils. A grafted man. A grafted man is a grafted mind. It's why you can't understand what's going on. Because you're not of the spirit. You're not of the mind. You don't use intelligence. You physical bound. You know, Jesus said, I, am, I, I my kingdom is, is not of this world. This is not my world. This is your world. And you're going to die in it. So what happens when we die? It's a question that humanity has wrestled with throughout history. But a new study conducted by NYU may have found some answers. Dr. Sam Parnia is the director of critical care and resuscitation research at NYU Langone School of Medicine, where he ran this study. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Parnia. Pleasure. Thank you so for having me. What would you say? What actually happens when you're clinically dead? Well, you know, when people die, essentially it's when the heart stops. So this has been going on for, as far as we know, millennia, not longer. And when the heart stops, you stop breathing and your brain shuts down. And that's how we declare people dead. And that's why we give a time of death and we give them a note. And really, to be honest with you, until about 50 years ago, that was the point of death. So people become lifeless, motionless, the brain shuts down. But now through advances in medicine, we can actually bring people back to life, even after they've gone beyond that threshold of death, um, and study what happens to them. And one of the interesting things, of course, is that the brain completely shuts down, as I said. But what's fascinating is that the cells inside the body, and particularly the cells inside the brain, do not suddenly become annihilated. They go through a process of decay that can take a few hours, which is why we can actually medically bring people back to life after they have technically gone beyond that threshold of death for tens of minutes, if not hours of time afterwards. And that, of course, raises many interesting questions about what happens when we die. So tell me more about this study. How did you conduct it? And tell me about you know, how you came about reaching your findings, your conclusion. You know, I'm, a, I'm an intensive care doctor. So my job is to essentially save people's lives and prevent them from dying. But unfortunately, people do die, and we try to revive them. What we have found is that over the last few decades, many millions of people have now come back. And many of them have reported, actually, anecdotally, that they've been able to see and hear things going on, even though from our perspective, they should have been dead and their brain should not be functioning at all. And so we became intrigued to study this, one, because it was fascinating, and two, because we try to revive people without brain damage and to ensure they don't have any disorders of consciousness, so not becoming like brain damaged or having a vegetative state. At any rate, so this particular study is the largest study ever carried out in the world. It was done in 15 medical centers across the US and in Europe. 
and we studied more than 2,000 people who'd gone through this cardiac arrest or process of death. And we did not expect people to have any consciousness or, or awareness, mm -hmm. but intriguingly, up to 40% of people came back and had had a perception of being aware of what was happening to them, even though they had technically gone beyond the threshold of death. Why do you think that is? Well, there's a lot to it. Um, I should also add that among that group, 10% had a very deep, profound mystical experience that was very true to them. But interestingly, 2% actually had full awareness, could describe all the events that were going on that were validated. So of course the question is, why does that happen? And we don't have the answers because to our scientific model, when people have died, there should be no more conscious awareness going on. Uh, but it sounds like maybe consciousness is able to continue. And by that, I don't mean that they're awake, but that entity that makes us who we are, makes Sam who he is, makes Rena who she is, the self, the mind seems to continue and doesn't become annihilated after a person has gone through their process of death. Were there any of the people that you studied that completely lost all consciousness? Well, that's what I was trying to explain. Yeah. Everybody loses consciousness immediately as soon as the heart stops. It's not like they're awake and watching us. Well, you mentioned that there were some people who remembered there was some sort of mystical experience that they were going right. through. Were there some people who said, nope, didn't feel anything, didn't? So some people don't have any recollections. Mm -hmm. What we don't know is whether they had experiences and forgot it afterwards, and that may be what's happening. Because, of course, we forget a lot of things. And most of the people who are brought back have issues to do with their treatments. We give them sedative drugs, which wipes out their memories. So that's part of what we're studying now is, does everybody have this experience? And how long does mind and consciousness continue in some format, even though we've gone beyond the threshold of death? Do you have some sort of conclusion as to how far the mind and consciousness goes? Again, from what we can determine, which yeah. is actually uh, fascinating, and it raises questions about our whole science, about what yeah. happens when we die, is that it appears that even though people have gone beyond that threshold of death and their brain has shut down, that entity that we call consciousness, the mind, the psyche, whatever you want to call it, does not seem to become annihilated. From the evidence we have, that at least tens of minutes, if not hours of time afterwards, mm -hmm. how long beyond that, we don't know at this point. Have the, for the folks who have lost consciousness and come back, have there been any long-term effects afterwards? Well, those people who have these very deep, profound, mystical experiences, mm -hmm. often they describe a, a sensation of being very peaceful, seeing a bright, warm, welcoming light, sometimes deceased relatives. And intriguingly, some of them describe a sensation of uh, a being that they describe as being perfect and full of light and love and compassion. Those who have that experience are often very positively transformed for the rest of their lives. It's very profound, really? it's real to them. They become less afraid of death. They lose their fear of death completely. They engage in altruism. They're more uh, helpful to people. They engage more with family. It completely changes them. So there's something very profound about this experience that they have. We often hear people say, I saw the light, some sort of light. Why do you think it is that some people see that and some people don't? Well, so there are two possibilities. One is that, as you said, only some people see it. And we think that you know, it might be 10%. But the alternative is that everyone sees it, but unfortunately, because of the medical treatments that they get afterwards in the intensive care unit by doctors such as myself to save their brain, um, they forget it. And one of our new studies is trying to actually decipher whether people have had it, but just forgotten about it. Mm. And so I think there is some evidence that more people are having it, but unfortunately, they just forget it afterwards. It's a fascinating study and a fascinating look into death and those final moments as well and returning back. Dr. Samparnia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Us. Pleasure to be yeah. here.